need to have these voices connected. I think breastfeeding and sleep are totally connected. Most people don't think of getting virtual help for their breastfeeding support. That's who I wanted to talk to in this episode was like that mom who they had their COVID baby and then they're headed back to work. Now I've got to start pumping and oh my gosh, I'm, I'm nervous about that. It's been seven months of me just exclusively breastfeeding. There's a lot of pressure surrounded with going back to work. Doubts placed in a mom's mind from the very beginning that she's not going to make enough and then there's fear of when you go back to work, your milk supply is going to dry up. Your overall attitude about this is that you're going to get the hang of it. It's not going to be the end of the world. And here's, you know, some, what, some strategies what you can do. I love that. Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant. Welcome to the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where we are committed to creating happy, healthy, and well-rested families. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, check us out on YouTube, and head on over to littlezsleep.com for all the sleep resources. Today, I'm talking with Morgan Jackson. She's on Instagram, Prepared Beginnings. She is an IBCLC, and we are here to talk about getting you back to work and pumping and what that looks like. So I know you guys will like this one. Let's head in to my time with Morgan. Well, yay, Morgan, I'm so happy to have you here. Um, I've been following, I'm just a big fan of everything you share because I don't even have a newborn or a baby or a nursing child at all right now, but I just love learning from you and your Instagram is just so encouraging. So I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Becca. This is really just so exciting and an honor to be on your podcast and talk about breastfeeding and I love that you hang out on my Instagram page because I hang out on yours, even though we're past a lot of the sleep issues, but um, I know they'll come back around and it's awesome to share with other moms. And so I just love that I could build a community through Instagram with other moms who are kind of in the same phase and in the same stage and relate to the content that I share and then share it with others. Yes. And I actually, I'm, I'm just going to publicly say this too, because you are so kind um, and, and genuine with what you share. But I, I told you this private message that like, I have tried to reach out to so many breastfeeding people over the years. And it was a lot of times just like immediately shut down. Like, mm, no, we're not going to talk uh, with a sleep person because sometimes sleep and breastfeeding, like, I don't know why, but their worlds just like go like this. They just like can clash and not even the actual sleeping or breastfeeding. It's like the personalities. And that frustrates me because I feel like we're all in this same sphere of like, we just, we just want to help people. Um, we just want to be there for people. So I, I really am so thankful that you said yes to being on this podcast because I have tried to reach out to so many breastfeeding um, accounts or people or IBCLCs before, and it's always just been very quick to close that conversation. And I'm really thankful for you, you being here because we need to have these voices connected. I think breastfeeding and sleep are totally connected. And I'm just, again, I'm happy that you're here and we're going to dig into a lot of good stuff today. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that breastfeeding and sleep sleep can go well together. There might be times where we're looking at things differently, but the end goal is to support moms and families and babies and to help families thrive. And so I was really excited to learn from you and to connect with you because when I get questions from parents about sleep, well, that's not my realm of expertise. And so it's always nice to have those connections with people who have expertise in other areas and then we can weave them together. Yes, absolutely. So I would love for you to kind of begin, just introduce yourself to us, where you're located, um, what your day job is, what your um, Instagram job is, all that stuff. 
Sure. So my name is Morgan Jackson. I live in Kansas City, Missouri. So I'm in the middle of the map and I live um, with my husband of about four years now. And we have a three-year-old son and one on the way. I work at a large baby-friendly hospital in the area. I've been working as an infant feeding specialist for about two years now. Um, and I've been an IBCLC since um, the beginning of 2020. I work part-time at the hospital providing lactation support in the evenings, which is awesome because I get to catch parents um, at a time when breastfeeding might start to cause some problems or they're getting really tired or they're running into issues about thinking about how are they going to feed their baby during the night. And so I'm able to provide support in the evenings at the hospital, in my community. And so I really love the fact that I get to connect with so many parents in my area. So at the beginning of 2020, I launched Prepare Beginnings Lactation and then COVID hit. And so everything changed. I wasn't planning on doing virtual consultations or virtual classes and completely have learned how to connect with others virtually and provide support through video consultations with parents. And really that opened the door to reaching parents across America, not just in Kansas City. So it's been really awesome to be able to support families um, in various regions other than my own. And so um, 2020 has definitely been a wild ride for everyone. And starting a business at the beginning of a pandemic was interesting. So it's been, it's been definitely a period of growth for sure. Well, first of all, I think that most people don't think of getting virtual help for their breastfeeding support. And I've had several people reach out asking if I knew people and I was like, yes, I do. Prepare beginning. <laughs> so definitely, I feel like that's a, a unique niche that, I mean, you, you kind of had to, you were thrown into it from the start of your business, which is amazing. Um, but I, I actually didn't know that you just started your, I guess your account back at the beginning of the year. Um, because it feels like, it just feels like you're so naturally established, um, through everything that you share, but. But I, the reason I wanted to have you here today, um, and, and I have an entire episode on my breastfeeding journey, which was horrendous. And, and, and I, and every time I share about this, I love, I do get messages from people saying like, oh my gosh, that was my experience too. I just never wanted to talk about it. And, um, there's so many different paths that can come from breastfeeding. And one of those unique paths is pumping. And I've worked with moms who, you know, had to pump from the second the baby was born to really Mm -hmm. the focus of this podcast. I wanted to talk about are these COVID mamas, um, who had their baby at the beginning of the year or the beginning of the spring and they're they're in this whole different like niche that I'm learning how to support them because they are in a completely different world than the normal seven month olds I worked with before all of this. Um, Are you finding that's true that these kind of the last I don't know nine months these these moms and these babies it's just a completely different way to handle them with care I guess. (laughs) It is. And I know this phrase has been used a lot, but everything really did change overnight with COVID. I mean, things, policies changed every day for weeks in the hospital. Um, And keeping up with everything was just so, I mean, my head was spinning every day, trying to make sure that I was doing the right thing to support our moms. And it's interesting hearing the stories of first-time moms versus experienced moms and families, because first-time parents don't know anything different. And so 
what I've heard is that the experience seems great. They like having a little bit less interruption in the hospital. They that would have been a dream. Not having visitors, as bad as that sounds, but it's kind of nice when you don't have eight people you're entertaining when you just delivered a baby. Um, and so first time parents, I'm hearing that they're having a great experience. Of course, there's the anxiety that comes along with delivering a baby during a pandemic, but they're feeling safe in the hospitals or birthing centers. They're feeling supported. And so that makes me feel encouraged and comforted that we as a healthcare community are doing something right to support our new families. For experienced families, I'm also hearing the enjoyment of having a little bit more alone time in the hospital um, because so many hospitals have restrictions on visitors and they are finding that the trouble they ran into before with breastfeeding with their first or second or third babies, they're not experiencing because they have the time to focus on breastfeeding and get the help that they need in the hospital. Because you don't have, maybe your other kids are coming in and out visiting the baby, grandma and grandpa are coming to visit the baby in the hospital, and you're able to just kind of focus and have that alone time to work on breastfeeding and get the support that you need before being discharged home. So I'm hearing that a lot of parents feel like they're getting off to a really good start and then things start to kind of decline from there because of so many different protocols in terms of follow-up care. A lot of doctor's offices are doing limited care or have limited hours Consultations such as lactation might be limited in your area depending on where you are and what services are available in your area. Um, and a lot of people are trying to access this virtual care. We're all learning that we can find people within different realms that can support us in the way that we need, but it's just a matter of getting used to this new system that we're all kind of thrown into. Oh, for sure. And I think that is a good point about, man, I would have loved somebody at the door being like, sorry, you can't come in, you know, restricted visitors. That would have been a dream. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, no one, no one has complained about. That. Yeah, no, I am. Maybe some grandparents have, but yeah, I'm all for that. Yeah. But I would love to hear. So kind of that, that, that mom, that's who I wanted to talk to in this episode was like yeah. that mom who they had their COVID baby and they've been, you know, they've been on that maternity leave for maybe, a, maybe a more extended because they stayed home and worked, things like right. that. Um, and then they're headed back to work or they're looking at their calendar being like, okay, I'm about to go back maybe for a part-time or limited time or full-time. Now I've got to start pumping. And oh my gosh, I'm, I'm nervous about that. It's been seven months of me just mm -hmm. exclusively breastfeeding and it's mm -hmm. been a great journey for them. Um, and so I had uh, a mom in our sleep society membership and she shared what I feel like is probably just a blanket statement for all these moms. Um, she said that she's nervous going back to work on September 14th and pumping during the day instead of feeding and she's worried she's going to have a hard time keeping up with what her baby needs as they switch into that role. So I would love for you to share your encouragement, um, walk through that as a case today. Like what would you share as in some encouragement to a mom like that? Sure. And I get questions and messages like that all the time. And so I think one of the biggest things that I like to remind moms about is you are not in this alone. There's a lot of pressure surrounded with going back to work. I mean, I can remember going back to work. I had 11 weeks off and I just felt I wasn't ready. And I felt, you know, the pressure of pumping or what if someone says something about me taking pump breaks or 
how is this going to work with expressing milk every few hours? What if I don't make enough? I mean, there's just so much that goes into going back to work. And then you're adding in the fear of what if I bring something home to my baby now that we're thinking about COVID? And what if my milk has some kind of, you know, bacteria in it that would pass COVID to my baby? And so I'm getting more and more of these questions because we're seeing like this first wave of moms going back to work. And like you said, some might have had more of an extended time at home, um, but others didn't. If you are in healthcare or if you're in food service or if you, um, you know, work as a first responder, you were going back to work. You were not working from home. So you were just jumping right in. And so understanding that there is a process and that there's a grace period with returning to work. It's really hard to go from being at home all day, taking care of an infant to returning back to work, being in work mode with your work brain on and you're thinking about different things. And some of us have more physical jobs or more of a desk job. And so you're just getting in a different mode. And so I always encourage moms to give themselves grace, especially in that first month. Because if you're going back at three weeks, three months, excuse me, which is what most um, moms, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of American moms go back at three months. Well, a lot is happening at three months with your baby. They are definitely hitting some growth spurts. You're seeing some leaps in terms of development. At three months, you kind of feel like you have a routine and a schedule down and you are starting to learn your baby really well. And then you're like, now it's time for me to go back to work. We just got in the rhythm of things. And so there's just a lot going on emotionally and mentally and then the pressure of performing well at work. And so understanding that there's a grace period Speaking with your supervisor before you go back to work about pumping is also a huge, huge tip because you want to set the standard before returning to work that you will be pumping, that you are going to express milk and not saying that it's um, an option or something that you would like to do, but letting your job know this is something that I plan to do and I will do and that it's my right to express breast milk for my baby, for their health and for my own. I always go through all of the benefits for breast milk for babies because a lot of times your you know, HR support or your supervisor, they just might not know about breastfeeding and why it's so important. And so having a 10-minute conversation can really change that trajectory of you returning to work and having a good pumping experience and breastfeeding experience versus a negative experience. And so having a plan in place before you go back to work, making it clear that you, you are going to pump when you return to work and finding out where you can pump when you return to work, especially if you are concerned about having privacy with pumping or being exposed to others that might have um, any kind of COVID symptoms or if you are around a large amount of people at your workspace, having a private area to pump is going to be really important for moms who are returning back to work right now. That's a lot of really good. I feel like that's a good checklist. I'm going to make that in the show notes for moms, like just things to remember <laughs> and think about, but you are so correct. That three month mark 
um, that is the time where you feel like, all right, I've got this. And then, yes, unfortunately here in America, that's where they're like, great, now go back to work. (laughs) Um, And that's not obviously the ideal time, but that's okay. It's a different soapbox for a different day. Um, (laughs) But I definitely, I hear you on, I mean, you you do have to extend that grace to yourself and that flexibility to yourself. It's not going to be perfect um, Mm -hmm. when you go back, but um, kind of looking at the preparation, you know, like this mom says, I'm going back to work on September 14th. Um, the day we're recording this is September 3rd. So if, if she were asking us this, like right now, can you prepare for this pumping journey? Is it something that you should prepare for? Or is it just, nope, just jump in cold Turkey. So everyone is a little bit different. Some moms maybe had to pump a little bit from the beginning. And so they have a little bit of a milk stash. Um, other moms may not. They were exclusively breastfed feeding, never had a reason to pump or never needed to pump. And so one to two weeks before returning to work, I encourage moms to start pumping one time a day. When you do that is up to you. You could choose to do an early morning pumping session if you like to wake up early. We make the most milk between about 2 a.m. and 6 a.m. So you wake up early and get in a pumping session, then you can store that milk in preparation for returning to work or an evening pumping session, whatever works best. But once a day, about two weeks heading back to work, start storing that milk. One, it gives you just a little peace of mind to know that you have a stash going into work. Two, you can see how your body responds to your breast pump because everyone responds differently to a breast pump Breast pumps also are not created equally. So you might find that your pump is not working out and you have enough time. You have a buffer to be able to find a pump that works well for you and play around with the settings. I tell moms, get on YouTube, look up a video on your pump and find out all of the features because there are different pumps that have so many different features or if you're wearing a wearable pump, you really need to understand how that pump works before returning to work. You don't want to fumble around with all of your pump parts on your first day back on top of like the stress of being back. And I mean, I don't know about everyone, but I'm a crier. So I think for the first week I cried, you know, like every day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Same, same. Oh, you don't want your tears, you know, falling into your pump parts. So (laughs) understand how your pump works, the settings, the features. Are you going to use a pump bag? to keep everything together. Um, Will you have one pump that goes to work and one pump that stays home? So kind of thinking about those things ahead of time can really just put you at ease. And then the week before returning to work, do a trial run. So our mom, she still has time. She, She goes back on the 14th. She's got time to do a trial run. And what that means is pretend that you are going to work and you're gonna wake up when you would normally wake up to prep for work breastfeed like you normally would. You're going to drive to daycare or wherever baby is going to grandma's house. You're going to see how long that commute is. Then you're going to see how long your commute from drop off a baby to work is because you might find that during that commute, you need to pump. Some people have very long commutes. If you live in a larger city or if you just live far away from your job, you might find that pumping once during your morning commute and your evening commute can save your milk supply. And it can prolong and extend that first chunk of work time before you need to pump. So you don't feel like as soon as you get to work, 
you're pulling out your breast pump. So starting off your day like you normally would for a normal work day, seeing how that flows, and then thinking about your work day. Think about your, your workflow. When would you normally have breaks? When do you take lunch? Will you have a chance to FaceTime your baby at, at daycare or at grandma's or wherever they are? Because if you can, that sounds like a good time to pump. Your oxytocin levels are going to be really high because you're going to be so happy you're seeing your baby and milk will flow so much easier than if you are stressed or tense or you're really under pressure to pump in a short amount of time. So that's, those are my biggest tips for moms that are going back and they have about a week to prepare is just do a trial run. Think about how your day would go, add in pumping sessions throughout that day and see how your milk supply varies because you might find that if you pump at 10 a.m., you can get six ounces. And if you pump at 2 p.m., you're going to get three ounces. So you know that you can adjust your pumping times to get the most milk out. And one thing I tell all my parents is panic is not allowed. You don't get to panic. So if you find that there are times you don't pump enough, because that will happen. Or if you had a bad day at work and things went all wrong and you got in two pumping sessions instead of four, it's okay. It's, it's okay. Those days will happen. Those days will come. There's also going to be days when your baby doesn't take a bottle very well when you're away from them. And so just knowing that there are going to be some hiccups along the, the road, but it all is going to work out and everything is just a phase. Those first few months back to work, is just a phase and then you get it down and things change again and you readjust and that's just what we do as moms. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. It's always, um, I actually, I always say your you're, no one's a robot. Your child's not a robot. So it's not just like, cool, I did this one time and boom, it's great forever. That's yeah. not true in sleep training. That's not true in discipline or yep. breastfeeding or pumping. Like there's always something that changes, but sometimes we do put this pressure on ourselves. Like, well, I did it great last week. Why is it not happening now? Yeah. And, 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 you know, even, um, milk production is not a robot, right? I would imagine things are changing when you go from exclusively breastfeeding your baby for the past six months, now you're going to back to work, things are going to kind of change there. Could you speak a little bit about that change from like, maybe they did do that, you know, trial run and kind of that stuff, stuff, but there probably is a change between months of nursing. Now I'm back at work. Sure. And that is a huge sense of stress. A lot of parents go into panic mode because they think that their milk supply is dwindled at six months, but a lot of other things are happening too. One, your period might return and that can dip your, your milk supply temporarily. Um, and so looking at things, um, not just one day at a time, but over a span of time really gives us more of a insight as to what's happening. And so I always tell parents, take a step back. If last week you had a great milk supply and this week your milk supply is dipped, but your baby still seems satisfied, and you're still pumping enough to get through the next day of daycare, things are going well. You don't need a freezer filled to the brim with milk to survive as a working breastfeeding mom. You need enough milk to get through the next day and the day after that and the day after that. And if you have extra milk, that's fantastic. There's nothing wrong with having a milk stash, but there's also nothing wrong with being a just enougher, which is moms who make enough for that day. And that's perfect. And 
that's really all that your baby needs. Your baby's not <laughs> wondering if there's going to be breast milk for tomorrow. So <laughs> that is a just, great point. That's a great point. Your baby does not love you any less or any more because you have a freezer no. stash of milk <laughs> at all. <laughs> and so just remembering that just take it one day at a time and then take a step back and say, okay, how did that week go? Or how are things progressing? Your milk supply does not dry up overnight even though there's a lot of misinformation about um, pumping and milk supply and returning to work. And it all is surrounded by fear and doubt. So doubt's placed in a mom's mind from the very beginning that she's not going to make enough milk, which is very rare. And then there's fear of when you go back to work, your milk supply is going to dry up because that's what your neighbor said and your sister said that and your cousin said that. Um, but if you breastfeed your baby as much as you can when you are with them, so when you're off work, on the weekends, at night, breastfeed, that is going to maintain your milk supply. Because like I said a little while ago, everyone responds to a pump differently. And what you express with your breast pump is not a true indicator of your milk supply. So understanding that, yes, I got four ounces today, um, you know, three times. So I have 12 ounces total in my workday pumping sessions, but my baby normally takes 30 ounces in a day. Well, that was only 12 hours or eight hours or 10 hours out of 24. So you've still got plenty of time to breastfeed and make sure your baby has all that you need. There's a really great resource on kellymom.com where you can go in and you can calculate about how much your baby normally takes so that you can gauge how much you need to pump which I think is fantastic because you are kind of blindsided when you go back to work when you are trying to calculate how much your baby takes in, but you don't know because you've been breastfeeding. So um, you're just, you're in like just this weird mode of trying to calculate things that you have no way of calculating. And so one of the easiest ways to determine how much your baby needs is to count how many times they breastfeed in 24 hours and then count how many times they would breastfeed when you are away from them at work. And then you would want to pump that many times. So if they would normally breastfeed five times between the hours of 7 a.m. and 4.30, then you need to breastfeed or you need to pump that many times. And then around four to five months or around six months, whenever you've gone back, you kind of get in a rhythm and you know that you could pump a few times at work and still maintain your supply or you know I need to stick to a very rigid schedule if I'm going to express enough for my baby. And so it's really just mind over matter and making the decision that you are going to stick to a pumping plan and then just kind of go for it. Good. So good to know. I love those. Um, just your overall attitude about this is that you're going to get the hang of it. <laughs> it's, it's not going to be the end of the world. And here's, you know, some, what, some strategies, what you can do. I love that. And um, I know you said a little, a little bit ago that every pump is different. Every body is different. So one of the things that I was going to ask you was like, Hey, do you have any recommendations? Cause I get product, like what product do you like for this all the time? And there's not, again, I think it's just every family, every situation is different. Do you have particular brands that you try to go to? Are there um, any anything that a, a mom who's looking for like, oh my gosh, I got a pump. I got to buy a pump. How do you suggest going about that process? Yeah. So I usually ask a mom a few different things. Um, 
what are her goals with breastfeeding and pumping? If she wants to pump long-term after returning to work, so maybe she's going back to work at three months, but her goal is to breastfeed for at least 12 or 15 or 18 months, then I'm going to encourage her to get a really strong, durable breast pump, like a Spectra or a Medela, which are usually the standard breast pumps supplied through insurance companies. If a mom is looking for something that's a wearable breast pump that gives her a little bit more freedom, then I talk a little bit more about breast size because wearable pumps are fantastic. But if you have large breasts, it can be really hard to navigate and to um, really empty your breasts well. So I kind of talk about expectations there. And then if a mom is saying, I have two other toddlers at home that I've got to chase, I do not have time to sit down and pump. Then we talk a little bit more about things like a haka. We talk about hand expression a little bit more and um, pumps that are small and portable because there are battery powered breast pumps. My biggest tip would be to get a pump that is long lasting because pumps can give out, especially if you pump um, frequently. And so getting a pump that's long lasting and that can be both battery operated and plugs in because sometimes pumps that are only battery operated just don't have a strong motor. And so you run into things like clogged ducts, um, mastitis, and low milk supply just because of the lack of um, stimulation. Well, just as in sleep, breastfeeding is extremely complex <laughs> and there is no blanket answer for everything. No. And what I, what I really liked that you kept saying was, you know, it depends on your goals. If you have this, if you have that. So mm-hmm. moms who are listening to this and they're like, yes, I've got this situation. She didn't cover my situation because there's a bajillion different kinds of situations out there. <laughs> how can a mom who's listening, who really wants to get a little bit more tailored support with you, how can they go about connecting? So the best way is to email me. So you can reach out via email at lactation at preparedbeginnings.com and just shoot me an email, a couple of sentences with your situation, and then we can set up a 10-minute complimentary call and just go over all of your goals and you can learn about my services. And it's just a great way to connect because we don't know each other. And it's really hard to talk about something as intimate as breastfeeding with someone that you don't know. And so I love doing complimentary video calls. We can kind of chit chat, get to know each other and find out if I'm a good fit for your needs. And if not, I love sending moms and families to other lactation consultants, especially if they are in a completely different region and they really do want someone in their area. Let's do it. Let's connect you with someone who um, can meet your needs. And so Sending me an email or connecting through Instagram at Prepare Beginnings Lactation is also a great way to connect and find out all about the exciting things, the breastfeeding classes, the prenatal coaching um, that I offer through Prepare Beginnings. Awesome. Well, we will link all of that below. This was extremely helpful. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not in this situation to pump, but I'm like, this, this was just great information. And I have <laughs> lots of things that I know are going to be helpful for this mom in particular, but I know her situation is probably like so many others. So thank you for being here and sharing this with us. I, I'm really, really grateful for your time. Thank you so much for having me on. This was so much fun. It's um, a ton of information. So take what you need and, and just leave the rest. 
and, <laughs> and we'll chat soon. <laughs> Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to scroll down in the show notes to click all of the links that Morgan and I talked about. Don't forget to follow her on Instagram because she has a wealth of knowledge. If you love this episode, we'd like to hear from you. Subscribe and review this podcast. It would mean the world to us as we continue going forward. If you need any help with sleep, making it a thing, I'm your girl. Head to littlezsleep.com slash programs and check out all of the program options we have available for you as maybe you head back to work and you really need to make sleep and pumping a thing. We've got you covered. Sweet dreams. See you next time.